Hey guys, welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the funny and smart and also sexy podcast that talks about all your favorite horror films. Today we are doing 2015 movie, The Invitation. It was directed by Karen Kusama. Basically, a man accepts an invitation to a dinner party hosted by his ex-wife. He brings along his current girlfriend. Fucking and no. a goddamn everything monster. goes <laughs> to shit as you would absolutely expect it to. You can rent it for less than two bucks on Amazon Prime. It's on I Netflix. I think it's on Netflix, too, if you don't have Netflix, because for some reason you don't live in 2019. Nobody actually has a Netflix account, though. Everybody has like their aunties. <laughs> I have a Netflix account because I'm I an have early, my own Netflix account. I was going to say because I'm an early adopter because I got it as soon as as soon as they had an online catalog. I was like, okay, I can use this now. So I've had my the same account, and I I could I guess like go in with somebody on it, but now it knows me so right. well, yeah, same that I am loath to disrupt the algorithm. It just gives me so many nature documentaries and so much true crime and serial killer stuff and so many adorable heartwarming children's movies from the 90s <laughs> that's a good you don't you don't want to mess that up um i have my aunties actually i actually have my aunts <laughs> netflix i have my own profile on there but um by the way i'm mary Kay. oh oh yeah i'm megan i'm mary two out of three of us have our own netflix account that's pretty. That's, that's pretty mature a for a bunch of millennials. That's pretty. Sick. That's really fucking adult. <laughs> I have not graduated to that. I used to have my own, and then I was like, "Wait, why am I? What?" You're right. What's really funny is that my dad mooches off my Netflix account instead of like the other way around. Oh, Megan, you're more grown up than your daddy. <laughs> Only in that sense. You're the daddy now. Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Good. That was the idea. Also, you guys ready to be even more uncomfortable? This shit is for fucking real. So we all know Mary loves television more than, like, anything in the world. And my life dream is to write... I thought you loved Wings more than anything in the world. The two really go together nicely, I find. They really do. They pair well. That's fair. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Um, It's a pairing. (laughs) That's our kind of pairing. (laughs) Box wine. Don't matter what kind. Wings and TV. Don't matter what kind. All of it. Wings... The kind matters. I think we can all agree here. Lemon Lemon pepper pepper wet. wet. Yeah. Of Mm -hmm. course. Okay. If I can get those, like, hot lemon pepper wet, like, that's what I want. So um, That's what Charles made me for Valentine's Day. Lemon pepper wet wings. That's that's wonderful. Even though he didn't believe they existed on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he tried to take a picture of me eating them, and he was like, I'm not going to post this. You're welcome. (laughs) 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 I was a fucking savage. My elbows were up and everything. Uh I, well, how else are you supposed to eat those? Okay, well, here's the thing. Every time I yeah. eat wings in front of a person for the first time, it's a, like, there's a, this kind of moment of trust. I ate wings in front of my <laughs> fucking cousins, my blood fucking family. It was the three oldest daughters of the three oldest daughters on my mom's side, right? We are all Trinidad, half Trinidadian. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the oldest, Jennifer's father is a black American guy. And Simone's father is a black American guy. And my dad is not. So He's not black or he's not American? Tell our new listeners. Oh, hey, yeah, <laughs> welcome. My dad is a very, very white man from Wisconsin. Um, he is so German that he could not speak to his grandparents because they didn't speak English. So, yeah, but it's this beautiful, like, rainbow of black, brown, American dream women. 
and I ate wings in front of them. And they were like, good God, you eat wings like your mom. That's hilarious. And I was like, we don't all eat wings the same way. Also, what the fuck do you do? What the fuck do you leave on those bones? Are you fucking kidding me right now? And they were like, no, 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 don't eat me too. There was a girl on Taco Mac the other day eating her wings with a fork and a knife. And I just looked. I would have set her That's on stupid. fucking... I would have set her on fire and then set myself on fire. She also had a side salad. Ew, dude. All right. Just to put this in perspective, we are talking about <laughs> dinner parties. But, like, that's the kind yeah. of dinner party I want to go to. Like, I'm the person who, when I leave the house, will have lipstick on. But if somebody brings me a plate of wings, I will take the wet wipe, get my lipstick off, and then go in. Like, you have to have some priorities when it comes to your glamour. Absolutely. Also, I like to let the lipstick smear and just become (laughs) a part of the experience. Mary, your lipstick never smears. You can sleep in it and it not get anywhere. I don't understand. I don't. It's like your (laughs) lips are stained glass. It's so because, you can just drop it on your mouth and it just never goes anywhere. Two things. Two things. First of all, I like the lipstick to become a part of the experience for the same reason that while we both have this tattoo that says no half measures, you got it over your left arm so it wouldn't be the first thing people see when you shake their hand. And I was like, no, a bitch needs to know. And I got it on my right hand. Excellent. So I like for the same kind of reason, like people should be afraid of what they see while I'm eating wings. Secondly, the reason the lipstick doesn't smear is that I have the same amount of surface area of lip dedicated to eating as every other human, and then I just have a bunch of extra surface area that the food never touches. Well, isn't that nice that you get to behave like a junkyard dog and still look amazing? (laughs) And still look hot. Yes, it is. It's fucking fantastic. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I know. I was being sarcastic in a sincere way. I know. (laughs) In a jealous way, really. Well, no. Look, Let's wings, talk about we, this dinner party. Wings, Listen, now that we've all established that we want wings, I never and even, Mary's I never even got to tell you area. the cool fact that I that started this whole tangent about wings. Oh okay. my god, tell it! I not only, <laughs> I'm gonna segue. Not only do I have my own Netflix, I have my own Hulu, yes. I have my own HBO. Same girl. I have my own Prime account. I pay for my own Prime. Yes, and also, guys, if you ever are looking for a movie. And you have a Roku. You can use the search feature. I am so embarrassed to tell you my fucking 63-year-old father had to teach me how to do this. He was like, why are you looking for it that way? That's really clumsy. Do this. And I was like, oh, uh uh-huh, yeah. Thanks, Dad. Dad's no stuff that is, like, it doesn't seem important until you need it. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of Dad's. If I am an independent, grown-ass woman with all of her own accounts, it's only because I am still completely dependent on my father and he handles everything. Thank you. Oh, look, when I'm in a crisis, I panic, cry, and then call my dad. So. Same. (laughs) Or mom if he's busy, but. Dad first. It depends on the crisis, let's be honest. Like, my mom is very capable, so. Mm -hmm. Definitely depends on the crisis. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, who would you call from the bathroom at this dinner party? My mom. Yeah. The cops. <laughs> well, yeah, really. I would I call, was say, so I, I would call my mom if I was like, this is super weird. I don't know how to get over my own shit. But if I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a cult, I would call my dad. Spoiler alert, guys. The dinner party is a cult. <laughs> Literally, it's a cult. It's not, if you haven't seen it. It's not it. really a spoiler, though. Like, who didn't know that from the opening scenes? I'm just saying for the people that may have not seen this film sure, yet sure, sure. and for some okay. reason are listening. We spoil the hell out of everything. considerate. You're right. Okay. So they play a game similar to the Never Have I Ever game that we all played on the bus on the way to dance competitions. We totally and- did. <laughs> <laughs> Together. <laughs> dance competitions, but I played it, yes. So they play a game called I Want, where you just 
say shit that you want. And this, uh, in this movie, it goes quite awry. I feel like this is the horror movie equivalent of someone bringing out Cards Against Humanity. Oh my god, It's like, let's see how terrible you are. Mm -hmm. How offensive can you get? Yeah. How quickly will the Helen Keller card be played? That's apples to apples. Oh, that's true. That's right. But you're right. I feel like, yeah. Same sentiment. Same sentiment. It's the exact same game, just one of them has a bunch of curse words in it. Fuck that game. (laughs) Cards Against Humanity can be fun if you really, really know everybody playing. Because then yes. you know they're not terrible. Yeah. But I feel like yeah. most of the time it's just like an excuse to be shitty. Yeah. Well, as a I, joke. The most fun I've ever had playing it, my friend brought it over. So this is one of my dearest friends in the world. Her son is my nephew. Like, And uh, so I was still with my ex at the time. So this was years and years ago. And for New Year's, her son was going to be with his dad. So she was like, okay, we're doing New Year's together. I'm coming over. I'm bringing wings. See, already a good mm-hmm. night. She she mm-hmm. got like a fuck ton of wings on all the best sides. And she showed up with Cards Against Humanity and I brought home a fuck ton of booze. And we pre-gamed like champions. But the deal with the game was that, so it was the three of us playing. And you know, you're always supposed to put a random card in. Mm-hmm. And we pretended the random card was being played by my cat. <laughs> Which made everything really, really funny. Because then you're mm-hmm. like anthropomorphizing this animal that's just of laying course. there like kind of disturbed that we're all laughing and being kind of loud and a little annoyed that she can't have a wing and it's just like what the fuck are you doing all the time and she won yeah that makes sense she won the shit out of that game just thoughtless random algorithm yeah and it was so but it was really fun because it was three people who knew each other very well yeah and And a cat yeah and making the random card the cat really really yeah which is not the case at this fucking dinner party Mm -mm. no so who's starting this i want game nobody can say wings because we all want wings and we all know megan's gonna say student loan forgiveness Mm -hmm. (laughs) i wasn't this time i was not this time oh good now i'm gonna say it just to spite you no you can't now i want all my chores for the next 48 hours to be magically done like all the tasks I have to Damn, have Damn, that's a good one. I just, just the next 48 hours. I can be fine after that, but the next 48 hours are the perfect combination of emotional labor and physical labor, and I don't want to do any of it. You just want your whole checklist for the next two days just done. 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 I love it. Including a so shower beautiful. because I can really smell myself. It's not a great You situation. want the universe to bathe you? I want the universe to bathe me without you having. dressed by birds. Fucking <laughs> 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 Disney princess. Except they're like, girl, you nasty. Um, because if they're just dressing me and the universe hasn't bathed me, then I, we're in trouble. Yeah, so complete with the task of taking a shower. I want all my stuff for the next two days done. I want a career that lets me write and get paid what I'm getting paid to do, like the amount I'm getting paid now. Mm-hmm. And it is merit-based, so if I write something really good, then I get paid more. If I write something really shit, then I get paid less. And I just feel like that's not really how that's working out for me right now. How? So, who decides the merit? Me or like, or like uh, someone whose opinion that I trust. Like mm. someone who, like someone who's. We'll be who's honest, but Criticism you. I would pretty much incorporate. Like they right, give yeah. good advice type thing. Right. Um, that's what I want, just while we're dreaming big. Also, I just want our listeners to note that we haven't said anything shitty yet. Just saying. <laughs> We've like, made it. We could, and most, we haven't. <laughs> most of around, and it's this is like the most millennial game of this ever. Like, I just want the support <laughs> it takes to function as a human being. Yeah. <laughs> I want to not suffer. God damn it! And oh, maybe man, some chicken to... wings. 
That's as evil as we fucking get. We want to murder chickens to eat their flesh. That's what they're there for. Go ahead, Megan. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, man. I don't know. I feel like all of my desires are all, like, very pregnant women desires. Like, I want more of these fucking Oreos as my very basic need. Also, I would like one night where I sleep and I just stay asleep and I don't get up and pee every hour. That mm-hmm. sounds like a lot to ask, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to have to... It sounds like something small, but... You're going to have to take that up with the alien man, I'm sitting on your bladder. No, I'm done with him right now. I okay, mean, I also want a non-practical thing. I want to see Dracula's castle. I am not fucking around. When it comes I am always fucking around, but not when it comes, yeah, not when it comes to <laughs> castles. Oh my gosh, cool. So there's our rousing game of I want... Less money than anticipated <laughs> because de- life as an adult sucks. Game. <laughs> we we game used to played. play like when we once we got like lived a little bit instead of playing Never Have I Ever, we played This One Time I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which was more fun because it's like, oh my god, you got a tattoo in a foreign country too. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. When we ran out of stuff you hadn't done, then it starts getting scary. Well, Speaking never have scary. I ever, yeah, gone to this type of bullshit yeah. dinner party. Yeah. So let's just start making a checklist of why this movie is fucking scary. All right, you lead us off. Oh my God. Number one, cults. We'll oh, we're doing with... the opposite order. Okay. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I, f- I figured that we should just start with the most obvious one. Actually, you know what? No, let's circle back to cults because I okay. forgot we actually have a section on cults. We're going to crescendo. Yes. We're going to go let's, little let's... than big. What's number one? Unstable fucking exes. How about unstable fucking currents? How about unstable friends, y'all? Everybody in this film is unstable. I can't even explain the amount of fucking, like, like it was like my hormone monster Maury was over my shoulder being like, (laughs) rage, rage, fucking rage. When they were in these, this opening scene, when, when this dude... They, okay, so clearly they're, like, supposed to be the protagonist couple. You have a handsome white man and a beautiful black woman. And so automatically I feel like I'm on their, like, yes, let's. You're yes. on their team. Right. And I was trying to tell this to someone else, too, about, like, so you know they're the protagonist couple. This is, you know, I'm kind of painting mm-hmm. the picture. And she's like, yep, that's, yes. So I watched, I usually watch these movies by myself. And this time a friend came over as kind of like one of our last hurrahs before I leave town. They came on screen. I was like, ooh, interracial couple. The good kind. She was like, right? Because you just so rarely (laughs) see... (laughs) Well, you so rarely see black women and white men depicted as like a positive pairing. That's true. And also, that's that's what my family looks like. And also, when I tell people, like, my mom is black and my dad is white, I can't tell you how many times someone has been like, oh, that's kind of backwards. Or, oh, that's not usual. It isn't, though. It's way more common to see the reverse. Right. So when you see them on screen, it's like, yeah, that like obviously they're paired this way. I'm rooting for you now. To be, yeah, so I'm on your team. And then she is doing the exposition of like, wait, what's the deal now? And my blood pressure broke the Grinch's measuring device. (laughs) Like, I was so livid at this motherfucker for, first of all, having the audacity to invite her to this shit. Like, absolutely fucking not. 
and also, I'm gonna quote to go to it. Yeah. First of all, In to the like get place. the invitation, you should have shut that shit down. Like should've I should never have thrown even it known away. It happened. Exactly. It yeah. should have gone in the trash immediately. Yeah, and I'm going to quote Jordan Peele here while I'm on this soapbox. Yes, return Please to Cinder. Exactly. Address unknown. Yeah. Because you shouldn't know this address. Because, absolutely, no, no, definitely not. Like, no. The only reason for, I really believe the only reason for anyone to be in contact with their ex-spouse is if a child is involved. If a child is well, involved, a living child is involved. I was going to say, child was involved here in a way that me, in a way that would further separate me from this Yeah, but this bitch met her current husband at their support group. Oh, man. Everything's wrong here. What the shit? Yeah, so I know that this was, like, this is good storytelling, right? Because I was immediately, it immediately got an emotional response out of me. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like is hard to do in in horror movies. Like, not, that emotion is hard to get from me in horror movies. So, in this documentary horror noir that i have feelings about i'm glad it was made <laughs> but i have some feelings about it of course. um but you don't have to talk about right now but he says part of the reason why he in his horror movies he makes black protagonists is because every person of color even if you're not black like i can watch a horror movie and be like i would never do that Yep. Like, I have too much good sense to do that. And he says, like, that's what most black people think when they go to the theater is, oh, if this was a black person, this shit wouldn't be happening. Wouldn't happen, yeah. Yeah, it, because, you know, when you're, I mean, in women, I think generally most women also feel like, you when you have to think like prey, right. you don't walk mm-hmm. into situations like that. They have to, like, trick you into it. And yeah. I was so disappointed in Kira. Lord. Immediately. Well, so I was friend- like, no. Stop. So the friend I watched. This is not right. (laughs) You know better, girl. The friend I watched with, um, uh, her name's Adwa. She's wonderful. Hey, girl, listen to this sometime. Um, But she. uh, If she's your friend, she needs to at least click play. Right? Just whether it's in the background or whatever. (laughs) Um, But she. um, I was like, I gotta say, girl, like, it's really validating to watch this with another black person because all the shit I normally just scream into the void alone is now coming out of somebody else's mouth before I even open mine and I'm like yeah. oh thank you thank you okay it's vindicating. so like there were just so many moments that I was like Ugh, uh, and like so then going to the the outline I was like okay at least if I'm like uh no I did not think that was obvious or I did think this was obvious I'm like okay well I'm not totally off my rocker because at least that person in the room right. with me felt the same way even and if I we're think the only two movies are especially good for watching with vocal audiences Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, me too. Okay, good. Like, that's mm. why I like going to the theaters for heart movies when we can. Yeah. And um, I did appreciate, too, that because this movie has so much kind of breathing room, it, it, mm-hmm. the, the dialogue isn't zip, 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 zip. It doesn't, like, careen from thing to thing. Um, mm-hmm. Part of it, what works for it is that slow burn. So we had a lot of room as the movie was happening to be discussing and, and like, debating um, without missing plot points we could still see what was happening as we were discussing it which was really cool because a lot of the time I, I watched tales from the hood with somebody but it was hard to talk while it was or not was it tales from the hood that i watched with somebody i can't remember but it was hard to like talk while it was happening because so much was going on yeah, yeah. oh when she finally puts her foot down at the party mm-hmm. she's like we should leave like well let's go and then she's finally like we're leaving i was like yes Thank you are you. leaving get the fuck out i mean i know by that time it was like 
too late. It's too but, late. Yeah, that's very much a like, give me the keys <clears throat> moment, and mm-hmm. they're not this coming. This entire movie is the literal definition of fuck politeness. Yes. Mm. Yes. Like, I wouldn't have lasted this long at this party. I wouldn't have gone to the party to fucking start with. Of course fucking not. But if for some stupid, dumb, dumb reason, I did end up at this dinner party thrown in a mid-century mansion outside of Los Angeles with my ex-wife and her current husband, a bunch of people I don't know, and my current girlfriend, I wouldn't have lasted near as long. No. I would have done the millennial polite version of this. Which is agree in person, and then three hours before be like, oh no, <laughs> and just flake. Which is like, you knew you didn't want <sighs> me to be there. You knew you didn't want me to be there. That's the most unbelievable part of this story, honestly, is that this many adults got together, and none of them <laughs> right. just like flaked on the invite in the first place. And that it was just an invitation that you straight up received in the mail. It wasn't like you all had to get a text group to be like, did Thursdays work for you? Well, Thursdays don't work for me, but I can do Wednesdays. Well, Wednesdays only work for me, like. Y'all just happened to get an invite, and that date automatically worked for all of y'all. So you know what? I, what I'm willing to bet too, because I, I did think about this after the fact. I was like, oh, that is so like when I thought of that kind of like funny notion that like, why? Wow, it's weird that they were all able to get together this easily and no one bailed. Um, and then I was like, you know what? This is a couple whose son died. Sorry, spoilers. And she left him for a dude she met in grief group. They clearly haven't seen this guy in a long time. Yeah, they you came to it, see him. It's guilt. They yeah. feel guilty. Several of them point blank approach him to be like, hey, I don't really think I handled. Right. You're grieving well, and I'm sorry. Which also was like, hey, like some of them handle it that moment better than others. Like obviously the therapist is pretty solid about it. Then there's the one friend who's like, oh no, I really messed up. And then it's clear that she's doing this for herself, not for him. It's the same. It's on that same politeness train, right? But like sometimes politeness is really just guilt or fear of looking like a shitty person, whether you yeah, are. Yeah, but not. it's better to be shitty up front. I think it's. I mean, at least she said like, well, she approached him, which I think is nice. But she was also like, I was trying to give you space. Nope, the bit. No, bitch, you weren't. Mm-hmm. You were not trying to give me space. You felt uncomfortable. Exactly. And you bailed on our friendship. Mm-hmm. Like you yep. to have a real friend, you're going to have to deal with some uncomfortable shit. And I mean, I think, I mean, I have not been through this myself, but I feel like the right thing to do is be like, I don't really know what to do, but I want you to tell me. How can I be the most useful to you? What is yeah. your love language right now? How can I help you? How do right. you Can I send loved? you groceries? Do you want me to just listen and be like, that sucks? Or like. Or do you actually want space? Like, Or yeah. do you want me to come over and distract you? Like, what do you need? Right. The wrong thing to do is assume that someone wants space because then you've lost a friend. I at mean, the, very, at yeah. the very least, by the time they process whatever was making you so uncomfortable, they have, they've had to do so much, make so much change and do so much right. growth to heal and, and, and move forward that now they have developed this whole new person and whole new life that just doesn't include you because you weren't fucking there. Yeah. You've been left behind. Yeah. And, you and you're dress. better off for it, probably, because why would you want a friend who abandons you when you need them most? I don't, oh, I wouldn't, is my answer, which is why I would not go to this fucking party. Yeah. <laughs> if I, I was, was like, Will, I, I would be of, like, go fuck yourself. I no, raised, double birds. 
I raised my glass, like, in salutation to your sentiment, but then it looked like in the image, like, I was looking at my wine when you were like, why would you want a friend who would leave you? And I looked at my wine like, you'll never leave me, lover. And you'll then... never leave me, wine. Oh, man. I oh, know. and I loved it when Will at the end was finally like, we're all just going to pretend we're happy to be here because he brought out the good wine. That yeah. was, like, the saltiest, most satisfying line to me. It was really good. Yeah. I mean... I don't know if that would work on me because I can't taste the difference because I have... You can taste the difference between, like, low, like, boxed wine and really good wine. You'd be able to tell. Maybe. You say I can't that. tell the difference between a mid-level and a mid-upper level, but I no, can tell the a, difference But a Franzia and a $200 bottle of yeah. wine are going to taste different. The, yeah. I've, I've actually had the opportunity to have really good wine recently because, since my friend Taylor is a food writer, um, she's gone on a number of work dinners that she brought me as her... As a date. And I could definitely tell, like, this is nicer than what I usually, this is delicious. It doesn't taste like fruit juice that is going to get me drunk. This tastes good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I mean, I can't can't a little bit, but it's not like something that I. Not enough to pay $200 for it. No, which is why I think Not enough to pay $30 for it, honestly. If it were free, I would. I, I I have a friend back in New York who's a sommelier. And first of all, she's the perfect person to be a sommelier because if a sommelier is pretentious and shitty and superior, then God. they're bad at their job. Like, well, they, they can't sell you anything because you don't want to. Oh, I thought you said them. she's perfect because she's pretentious and no, no, snobby. No, 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 because if you oh are that God. kind of person, then you can't fucking sell wine because people don't want to interact with you and they right. just feel compl- so overwhelmed or intimidated okay. they yes, can't impress okay. you. But I she's, heard you wrong. She's My very, baby. she's incredibly chill and incredibly nurturing and warm and sweet and funny. And also, like, really, like, salty and, like, just, she's, you guys will love her. Um, but she, uh, she'll be the first to tell you that, like, it doesn't really, A, it doesn't matter how much wine costs. If you like it, you like it. It's all subjective anyway. And B, that if you can't taste the fucking difference, why the fuck would you pay for it? Right. That's bananas. Like, if you are happy with a $10 bottle of wine and you like the $60 bottle of wine, but not $50 more, buy the $10 bottle of wine, you jerk. Like, don't. I'm happy with my 2.99 bottle of Trader Joe's wine. You know what? Trader, look, two buck Chuck will fuck your shit up. It will. That's all I'm asking. With my Trader wine. Joe's wine is the best. It is not bad. No, not at all. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. You know what's not delicious? <laughs> Fucking Colts. Yeah. Well, we just talk about segway, Colts now. Your segues are really on fire right now. Thanks, girl. I just want you guys to know that I was Lil Rel for this whole movie. I was like sex slaves. <laughs> Sex slaves. That's what's happening. And I was right. And I felt so validated when they were finally like. Actually, I felt validated when that. What's that creepy girl's name? Susie. Sue. What's her Shrub- name? Shrubsy. What is Sadie? It's Sadie. Um, Sadie. Sadie. Whenever Sadie is like in her little girl panties, like in the bedroom. Oh and she's God. like. Mm, and I'm like, you need to get the shit out of was there. She, that is your cult. That is your cult question. person. Was she wearing panties in the first shot? Oh, I thought she was. No, I don't think so. I think she's just straight up nude. When he sees uh-huh. her in the doorway, but she's she's, yeah. she's Winnie the Poohing, where she's only nude from the waist down, which yeah. is much weirder. Yeah, I was like... Everything about her is, that is weird. weirder. <laughs> At that moment, I was like, she's going <laughs> to try to seduce the, you. And fucking it's Winnie the Pooh. I mean, depending on how into grief you are, like how grieving you are, uh, you might fall for that little girl bullshit even though look what you have already pulled like ugh, he doesn't but i just felt like it was setting us up for that and i was already hating him he ended up being okay but 
I also think I hated him because he looked a lot like one of my ex boyfriends. He looks like oh, a knockoff. Damn. He looks like a knockoff Tom Hardy. And then when they did the shots with him with no oh, facial hair, God. I was like, oh no, 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 grow it back, quit, grow it back. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so we've kind of talked a little bit about like what are the type of people that are susceptible to being preyed on by cults? Because obviously, like Claire and Will were not here for that bullshit. Claire got out. Maybe. No, she tried. No, she she tried. Pretty sure. Well, she got murdered, but, but like, she got out of the house anyway. V dead. V dead, Miss Claire. But, like, who was so vulnerable in that, like, most of the people in this room were like, this is bullshit. Yeah. And the person who should have been most vulnerable was Will, except he immediately was like, oh, this is bullshit. Yeah. So what the fuck was the point of the entire first hour and a half where you're, like, trying to get them on board with this shit. Why did you pick these people? These were terrible choices. I know they're your yeah. friends, so they'll show up, but that's all they're going to do. Was the you might have been better at handing out get flyers. to join the cult? Because the end of the movie makes me feel otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that turn. Or is it because... the point to gather all the people that are not on board with your cult, make them as uncomfortable as possible while you serve them dinner, and then kill them? And then poison and that's... them. And that's the question is like, if this, then why that? And I can't reconcile the first three acts with the last 20 minutes of the movie. I have a hard time with that. And I don't, and I think the storytelling of the first three acts is beautiful and brilliant. And I think the storytelling of the last act is brilliant. But it, it's a mismatch. But the, yeah, and there's a kind of a turn during the fourth act that I was like, oh wait, what? What? And again, I don't, not that the performances are good. The dialogue is good. Like, there's there's so much good stuff happening, but it's just that one turn that I was like, whoa. Which turn are you talking about? The turn from, this is a death cult that treats death as a blessing. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching the first three acts thinking, okay, maybe the idea is to gather the people you care about. Because if you're viewing yeah, death, It's very Jim Jonesy. Yeah, yeah, if you're viewing death as some kind of salvation or healing. Right. Setting, you, setting you free. It's healing. It's at the mm-hmm. end of pain. Then... You gather the people you love to do this. Mm-hmm. Except if you're going to just shoot the shit out of them, if they won't do it. If you're going to manson them. Then why didn't right. you just walk very in? Very different cult. Then why didn't you get them all in, lock the doors immediately, and poison the shit out of them with the very first toast? Well, what was the point of all that in the middle? So I think that that's an interesting... I thought it was a really obvious manson thing. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, my friend, before I even said anything, because, you know, I'm, I don't know how much... You, you know when you have a friend that, like, doesn't do this particular thing with you. Right. And you take them to your thing. You don't know how much shared vocabulary you have. Right. And she immediately was like, what the fuck? Is this the Manson family? Like, what's going on? And I was like, oh my God. I always always thought you were like the most attractive woman in the world, but now I really don't know what to do with myself. (laughs) I'm really struggling right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like it was really obvious to her. It was really obvious to me. I was like, yeah, uh, obviously like rich folks in the hills of California. Well, Yes. Yeah, like, okay. So I wonder, and this might be a leap, but I, because I did like this movie and I felt like the storytelling was good, mm. I'm going to work for it. Because I feel like the past couple times I've been, like, shitting on the movies that we picked because I just get so frustrated with the convention. I felt like the convention on this one was pretty solid. Like, they're using the same tactics to, inc- like, bring, I guess, induct people into the cult Mm-hmm. As you do see with uh, with most cults, right? Like you prey on the already vulnerable, right? Yep. And they're like, so we have Will as the vulnerable. We have Kira because she's trying to help him mourn. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. have his friends, 
his friends, they came to see him. Right. Right? Like, they don't really care about Eden so much. She did a shitty thing. Like, I feel like all of their allegiances are with Will because so many of them try to, like, get him one-on-one, which was another thing, like, storytelling-wise. I was like, how does he get away from the party so much? (laughs) Like, how did you do that? And it's the same thing, the politeness and the guilt, right? He's in his old house where his son died. Right. So they're just kind of like, do whatever you need to do, honey. It's okay. And then one by one, they're like, I'm going to go talk to him. And so yeah. they all end up apologizing because they realize, like, or not all of them, but several of them, um, because they feel bad. And I feel like that's another good way of getting people to show up, even millennials, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. you should feel bad about abandoning your friend. And like, finally you mm-hmm. do. And now you have like this opportunity at this party where like, if... If it comes up, you'll apologize. You know, like, you can have an out if it doesn't work. You can kind of feel the situation out. And so I feel like for that reason, they did recruit the right people. Because they don't know David yeah. at all. I was going to say, the the right... You, this, is, this is... I'm really glad you brought this up. I hadn't thought about this. But if, if purely in terms of politeness and guilt, like, that's what makes these people vulnerable is just Will. And the yeah. thing is, it doesn't actually matter if Will buys in. Because no matter how he behaves... They are just going to enable, 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 enable. They're going to do whatever they can to keep things, to act like things are calm and act like things are fine and keep dragging the party back to some kind of like neutral, pleasant space so that he can do whatever he needs to do that they didn't give him, that they weren't supporting him before. So they're going to support him now. Yeah. Well, it's, so it's another funeral for their son Mm. with just the close friends. And so they all feel like they should come. And then they were recruited in a grief meeting too. So if you're like death positive or whatever, it makes sense that you would go to like these grieving people and be like, death isn't a bad thing. So what you should do is take control over that because it's going to happen to you regardless. But if you can control when it happens, you have some control over how it happens. And so I I think that connection between like the Jones and Manson homages here, and I really don't, these men are, the Jones and Manson are shit human beings. Yes. Yes. I don't want to say like we're homaging to like their tactics, but I feel like it's, it's we're there I is some inspiration to, from them there. Of it's, course, it's, it's, but I think we're made to empathize with their victims, which is the right way yes. of of give, of using of that inspiration to those, yeah. to those homage, cult it's, people, a, it's an homage so. to the to the narrative. Yes. Not the individual. Not but we're to not that we're not ever person. made to empathize with Eden because when that bitch comes on screen, I was immediately like, She's nutso. We got to get out of here. You know she's going to be nuts because she's rocking that bomb-ass gown. She has a full evening gown. Look, if a, a gown one. If a gown is the only and predictor. And you know she didn't cook that dinner. You know her and David not. did no. not make that happen. Like every other well-to-do white couple in California, they ordered that from Whole Foods Catering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amazing. The, so the, anyway. if, if an evening gown alone were enough to indicate the presence of an antagonist, then Mary Kay and I could not be friends because... She is always very put together. Look, um, I will wear an evening gown whenever I get the chance. Yeah. Oh, my God. Same. I got to wear the green velvet dress again recently. Oh, girl. I got yeah. it in red. So. Huh? You said I got it in bed? It's, it got it in red. Megan saw it when we went to the ballet. It is real tight. It <laughs> takes a village to get I in that dress. zip that girl up in there. She's like, well, it's, like, it's going to zip, but it's going to I really. I, <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> Keep it all contained, little motherfucker. Um, that's what I want in a dress. So, um, so yeah, but also the fact that it is white is 
definitely a like so some some inverse uh well they're I, trying yeah it's inverse some angelic symbolism exactly right. inverse iconography and also um i'm not buying it filmmakers i'm not buying it she must be evil because the only way to keep a dress that intense and that white <laughs> that queen is to have made a bargain by with pure Satan. evil yeah made you a bargain can only with keep Satan. a dress that white if you have no made a pact with the if devil. you're she's eating she's finger gotta... foods and drinking red wine and you keep your white ball gown clean you are satan also, no, no, she's just got a portrait of a white dress aging in a closet somewhere. So I really liked that Kira was like very tasteful, pencil skirt, put together a nice blouse. And I was like, she's well, What the else that- do you wear exactly. to dinner party with your boyfriend's ex-wife? Well, you look amazing, but you don't look like you tried too hard. Exactly. And, I, and that when she got out of the car, I was like, yes, I was right to align myself with Kira. Just based on her, like, wardrobe itself. I yes. would wear a Selena costume and then pretend I thought it was a Halloween party. Um, you don't want to be wear, a slutty cheerleader yeah. at Diwali? That should, hey! be our, <laughs> that should be our closer is what would you wear to a dinner party with your okay. boyfriend's Love ex-wife. <laughs> Love it. I'm here for it. So other production elements besides the costuming. Yeah. The sound I loved. I was a little... Not turned off by, taken aback by, not impressed by. I don't know what my words are here. Like the ASMR aspect of it, it was very like. I don't know what you mean when you, I mean, I know what that stands for, but I don't know what you mean. Like, can you I feel like I got it to where like the sound would go out and you don't really get any of the background noise, but like you would just hear like the wine pouring into the cup and then you would have this. Oh, okay. Then you would hear like absolutely nothing else. The sound was a vacuum, but all you would hear was like very distinctly like shoes clinking down the hall. So that, instead of getting any of the other background noise, they really isolated a lot of different spots to just one one noise. That read to me as a uh, like a PTSD thing. Oh, Ooh. that because we see this movie so intensely from Will's perspective, right. that, yes. that that's what's kind of what's happening there. That he can't. He he's it's not, almost like a flashback. He's honing in on. He's not in control. Something. He's not in control of how he filters. Mary. Yeah. Okay, well, now I'm impressed. I take it back, filmmakers. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how I, that's how I read it. I will say there were several moments where I said or Audra was like, what the fuck are they listening to at this fucking party? Do they want to have the most boring time of their lives? Why are yeah. they listening to this music? What the fuck? <sighs> yeah. Let's put on some outcasts and have fun. God damn. Don't worry. They really turned up that party later with shit. Poison and handguns. Oh, man. I just, like, Dario Naharis could probably shoot me and it'd be fine. Even though he's being obnoxious and terrifying, he's really magnetic and he has good wine. <laughs> that's really all you need. So well, a, That's well, what you need in a charismatic leader. <laughs> until you get to the first couple glasses of wine, yeah, it's enough to get you to glass two, three, four, so that then you start buying into new shit. There you yeah. go. So from a narrative perspective, yes, it makes sense. This guy would have to have some kind of charisma. And as, as Stephen, he was very, like, meh. Um, I think as a rule, I have been tarnished on writers because I am a writer and I know that we're all babies. And it's like, no, I'm the baby. I'm the snowflake. <laughs> I need, <laughs> I need you to make all of your stimuli external. <laughs> like, every relationship has a flower and a, and a gardener. And Mary Kay wants to be a I'm flower. a fucking flower. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I'm an orchid. You will never make this work. I will just die. <laughs> You will wake up and there will be petals all over the table. Brown ones. Regardless of what you did to prevent that. This seems poetic, but it's not. It's going to feel nasty. It's just a bad metaphor. 
So I moved up the camera work because I wanted to talk about how weird the blocking was. David is on the balcony talking to everyone. And I was like, well, there's our charismatic cult leader right there. And then whenever um, John Carroll Lynch, I fr- Pruitt, is walking around the while he's telling his story about how he killed his wife. Um, he's wow. just walking around the circle, like circling in like a shark. And mm-hmm. I was like, eh, that's weird. It made me very uncomfortable at times. I think that's the point. Oh, yeah, like, job well but, done, for sure. But But I noticed it. So I don't know if it was just me being sensitive to it or if it was overdone. I don't know. I just assumed it was how people move their bodies awkwardly when the music is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Also that. I don't know. Yeah, I actually didn't really particularly notice it, but... I also caught on to the fact that when we had Will in a shot, it was generally just Will. Mm -hmm. And then when we had anybody that wasn't Will in a shot, you got everybody in a shot so it really kind of played up his isolation here so it's like if we're looking at will we were just seeing will and if we're looking at anybody else you got like the full group right or multiple people well that really highlights that kind of primes you for this cult mentality right that they, yeah. they're yeah. A, they're a blob they're a monolith one of us one <laughs> of us call back to rosemary's baby yeah That's no cool. i got it no, why? I got it. I was like, why is she laughing at I me? I just like, because you did like a remix. I was waiting for like the rap air horns and then Missy Elliott to come in. I'm not rapping. That, was, that was a special. It? Let me work it. That was a special if you occasion. you want to hear Mary rap, you can listen to our Scary Things to Tell in the Dark Part 2 Mary, episode. I you to know that your stupid little, the worms go in, the worms go out was stuck in my head about two days ago. I don't remember any of the words, pretty much just that part. Just it was. It. It's worth listening to that episode just for her. Someone that they eat toes, they eat the jelly beans, the slimy green, and I can't remember. No, make them go listen. Okay. Go listen. Okay. It's not my finest rapping ever because it happened on the fly, but I stand by it. No, I it was pretty great. It. it was pretty great. Let's talk about. You know what else was great? There was representation in this film. Yeah, yeah. not but- tons. But we did have an interracial couple. Fun quiz game. How many times okay. did you say fucking Choi in this movie? Because I said it the very first time. They were like, ah, oh, Choi's late. And I was like, fucking Choi. And Audra was like, ha, ha, ha. But then we started saying it every time. And then they started saying it. And I was like, oh, my God. Did we write this movie? <laughs> Are we in the movie? Are we oh, here? no. <laughs> but, yeah, but we have an interracial couple. Mm-hmm. We've got... Asian representation here. Mm-hmm. And Hispanic. And we have Hispanic and we have a gay couple. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's, that's kind real of rare like, to have that many in one film. That's kind of like how you know the antagonists are evil is that they are a white, They're white. cis, hetero couple. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> they, I mean, I think they're the only one on screen though. Will? Well, I mean, Will's white. No, no, I mean, they're the only white, cis, hetero couple. Oh, oh, they are. They are. Is yeah, that right? cool. Because Sadie's just there being white in herself, and then Pruitt is white by himself, and then Claire is white. But they're all flying solo. I just feel like, though, and maybe this is coming from personal experience, but like, I think that gay culture has made it okay for gay men to objectify women. 
because they're gay, so they don't, like, and I'm using air quotes here for listeners, like, pose a threat. I don't really think that that is okay. No. And I, that was happening a lot in this movie, and I was just like, Please stop. Yeah, stop it. Like, what, what, what are, can you give me an uh, example of a, of. What you're, um, what you're describing? Just I'm, I'm not. I'm uh, not even look super fuckable right now. I think is what mm. he said. Uh, right. Somebody's tits look good. I feel like they're in their thirties, so like I why feel like it, that's something that you do like when you first like realize your identity. No matter what your identity is, is like you overshoot it a little bit. Yeah, and then you come back from it. And I just was like, Are you uncomfortable? Is that why you're saying this kind of stuff, or is this your okay, personality? So I didn't because that's it not okay person- if it's your personality. I didn't it's read not okay it that regardless, way. but okay. I didn't read it that way because of exactly what you're saying. I read that as like if this is someone whose first jump is to like be a little gross and make a joke, which my hand goes up, I'm there. But if that's your first impulse in general, then. Uh, the same way everyone else pulls him aside, but it's like trying, like someone is heartfelt. Someone is a little selfish. He does his normal thing, which is like cope with this uncom- discomfort by pretending it's not fucking happening to anybody. Mm-hmm. Be a little gross, be a little weird so that it's uncomfortable for a different reason. Somebody laughs. We, we all move on. It's kind of like break up the whole fucking thing. Well, and that's I how that I read that. just that. doesn't work on me. <laughs> I just would get, yeah. would have gotten irritated. By oh it, yeah. Real, yeah. No, but that, that's how fast. I, that's how I read that. At the time, that, that that was, like, his managing discomfort. I also feel like because maybe because there is an ensemble cast in this movie, but also because I saw um, Murder on the Orient Express recently, which was, like, super diverse cast, which is great. It felt very Agatha Christie to me, mm-hmm. where it's, like, who did it? Who? Why? Like, what's going to happen? So yeah. that was kind of fun. Yeah. Well, and just, yeah, when you get that many people into a situation and there's that much going on, anyone's choices can send the story any direction. That's it's true. It's fun. I enjoy that, too. I love Agatha Christie. Oh, my Lord. I think the first time we talked about unreliable narrators, I talked about reading Murder, Murder of Roger Ackroyd when I was a kid and being like, what? <laughs> if you've never read it, guys, it's super fun. Go check it out. Uh, do we want to talk about the characters individually now that we've talked about them as an ensemble? Yeah. Let's do it. How do you say that word? Do you say ensemble or do you say ensemble? Wow. Not the second thing. That sounds fucking bananas. (laughs) That's how I speak French. Very violent. It's kind of like how I (laughs) said. It's like the chef from The Little Mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) Le vowels and you're not supposed to pronounce them all you so just, just don't pronounce the, rest. the ending sounds that are in the word careful the consonants in the word careful if never mind i'm not gonna get into french linguists with you anyway ensemble in french that's how we... careful would be pronounced <laughs> i hate everybody on this podcast i'm gonna myself. stick with my spanglish which is like it is what it looks like <laughs> That A is pronounced the same way every damn time. And I respect it. I respect the shit out of that. Yeah, a lot of, we would have kindergartners all the time that they were like, why do we have spell, like, that, that, like, grew up speaking Spanish and they were learning English at school and they'd have, like, spelling work. And the Spanish side, they were, like, done in four seconds. And they were like, I don't understand why we have to study this. And I was like, it's going to get weirder, guys. I'm so sorry to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get real confusing. Not this side of the page. That's always going to be fine. But the other one, yeah. 
going to be terrible. You're going to hate it a lot. Oh, English is the worst because it is just like a an amalgam. It's a fucking free-for-all. Yeah. It's a- read, 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 there, there, two, 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 two. In sixth grade, we had an assignment to find homophones, uh, words that sound the same but are spelled differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, First of all, I want to let y'all know that that game was my bitch. I dominated that game. It was amazing. And I won the contest with over 200 in sixth grade. Proud of you. Thank you. That's how we all knew that Mary Kay was going to grow up to a big nerd. And no money. (laughs) <laughs> Yay! Because who cares? <laughs> Nobody in this fucking movie cares. Everyone's just... I have... So, Kira, I feel like, is one of these... What do they call it? Bleeding hearts? Dum-dums? Yeah. Where she's like, this is what my boyfriend needs. No. To be... Tell him no, Kira. Yeah. What about the fuck what you need? Well, let me tell you what I don't need is to go to this dinner party. Fucking, I'm going to tell you what you don't need either to go to your ex-wife's dinner party. Miss me with That's that right. shit. Yeah. Miss me with it. Mm-mm. No, absolutely no. not. No. I'm so mad when I, I found out. Like, when I put the pieces together, I was like, this isn't what's happening. There's, I missed information somewhere. Also. I didn't. I had they, all my information correct. When they hit the animal on the way there. Yeah. I was like, get out. But this was first. And I really thought, I thought that was a really fun red herring because I was like, oh, he's the killer. Like, immediately I was like, Willow's the killer. But yeah, because he could just not. so easily whack that coyote with the crowbar. Well, it wasn't easy for him. No, but. And it was a tire iron, so you're wrong about everything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mary, you can just shove a tire iron up your butt. Ooh, now I have plans for tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do we want to talk about Will next, since we're already kind of talking about him? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll go from what possesses somebody to go to a dinner party with your significant other thrown by their ex to what possesses somebody to accept a dinner party invite from an ex. We'll just switch, switch those gears real easy. Yeah, and I feel like it was an obligation for him, too. Is what it ended up coming. Well, no, that's how he felt about it, I mean. Well, I guess Will's stupid. Well, he's he's still grieving pretty hard. I mean, the kid was, what, like 10? He looked look like 10. I'm still going to call him stupid. Oh, no, absolutely you are entitled to do that. <laughs> he is stupid. I'm but, just angry But I everybody. think that's what gets him to go is like... Well, yes. He's looking for some kind of closure or some kind of information or just literally anything that might help his grieving process. Right. Yeah. And, and he's not... I mean, it's obvious he's that he's not trying to get back with Eden. No, and also, I, I thought I thought that part of it might be kind of having come to a place of understanding that his friends were going to need to, like, make their overtures and repair things. And that this was, like, emotional labor on his part. Like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to take my time, like, be in the, the house and do my thing. Yeah. But also, like, yeah, they're all going to be kind of shitheads about this. And I'm going to let them be shitheads in hopes that we move through the shitheadery and they get to be back in my life in a meaningful way. I got I got that impression because he was very patient with all of their weird things. And like that moment with Ben, he seems yeah. to really appreciate that Ben was just being very normal and honest with him. Even if Ben is kind of a jackass, it was like nice to have someone just being a jackass instead of like, hey, oh, how yeah. are you doing? Ben is the only one with any like consistent, like the only secondary character, I guess, with any like consistency. Because he's shitty 
But he's consistently shitty in like a mostly innocuous way. I did not like him, but I felt like it was a well-written character. Yeah, and well-performed. Well done. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, And then I also respected Will because I thought it was going to be an unreliable narrator trope where it's like nothing is really happening it's because he doesn't really want to be there. He's in. He's you know grieving hard, and then he finally is like, "This shit is weird. Let's GTFO." And Kira is like, yeah. "Fucking finally, yes." About fucking time. Yeah. Um, and then but I now also, it's too late, you big dum dum. Yeah, but I also liked him. What another thing that made me like him more is like, she does. Eden does come on to him mm-hmm. several mm-hmm. times. And he shuts it down. Good. And Kira's right there and watching him shut it down. And so I liked it, like, their bond as protagonist couple was apparent. Mm-hmm. And then I also liked when he was outside and Susie came outside and she was like, I can make you, like, forget who you are oh, or whatever. Is, that, is it Susie, Sadie, or her? Oh, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> who Sadie. cares? Because she Sadie. sucks. I, this dumb bitch. I mean, I, I wrote her name correctly in the notes, so we have reference. It's Sadie. Um, you're right. Um, I mean, that's not what I wrote, but okay. I wrote... Mary wrote Schmorfuff. <laughs> Talk about ASMR. It's just like <laughs> Sesame <laughs> Street sounds. Um, oh, my God. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter cult murder. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was going to say is that... I hated her from the jump for not having pants on. She didn't have no or... panties on. Winnie the fucking poo. <laughs> Winnie the trying What's to Tony fuck... the Tiger where you wear just a necktie? Yeah. Is that? Okay. <laughs> she's, she's. But Winnie... I feel like if she wore just a necktie, it would be better than wearing a shirt with yeah. nothing on the bottom. For some reason, that's weird. Like if you just wear underwear and no shirt, that's it's the, not uh, weird. That's the Winnie trying to fuck poo. Oh, I hate everything about this episode. <laughs> No, what I was going to say is uh, she comes out there and or to the pool where he is. Yeah. You can fuck and he's me. Like, yeah, and he's like, I don't not only know, but I don't want that, and that's inappropriate, and you need to go back inside. You need to get well, away you, from me. You can hurt me then if you'd rather have that. He's like, please just get out of my face. And then he's like, and he, he stands his ground too. He's like, you need to leave me alone. Good. Not just I'm gonna leave because I'm uncomfortable, but he, I, yeah, it is good, and that's what one of the things that made me like him because he seemed mm-hmm. weak in the beginning, and then he's like, no, still no, no doesn't so, mean try harder, leave me the fuck alone. So that's something. So when we were watching the movie, I knew it wasn't very long, and so periodically as story events unfolded, I would pause to see how far along we were in the movie. Mm-hmm. Trying to look at it kind of narratively, like structurally, and see, okay, mm-hmm. act one, two, three. Presumably, yeah, it's a pretty basic five act. And he, I actually commented at one point, I was like, all right, so we're down to the last 30 minutes. Yeah, like two fifths of this movie, roughly. And at this point, he has made virtually zero choices that affect the overall progression of the story. He's really reactive. And he's kind of maintaining his shell, but he's not making choices that push the story in any direction that I can see. And I was just cause sharing this with her. She's, um, so my friend is a, a forensic scientist. That's dope. Are you oh, going to yeah. marry her? 
She sounds I, amazing. If I if I if I could, I would. She's fantastic. So she um she I mean I know legally I can I but I can't, so anyway. Um, yes, tragically we are all heterosexual. Tragically, in the words of the divine Leslie Note. Yeah. Um so uh, It's not really that tragic anymore, but it was real tragic for a real long time. For me personally. I just feel like I needed to say that out loud. I don't know. Oh, good. I'm glad it's working out for you guys. Good. Cool. Um, so, <laughs> so we're talking. So I was describing to her like this is the kind of stuff I'm watching for when I'm watching a movie for the podcast. Like, yeah, when I watch a movie for myself, sure. But when I'm watching for the podcast, there are certain things I'm looking at or looking for because we're then we're gonna pick it apart. And this is a real long way to get into the movie with him mm-hmm. not doing a whole ton to push the story around. Mm-hmm. Mostly just. Mostly the stuff that he does that moves the story is just resisting. Yeah. Just like maintaining the choice he came in with, which is give me some breathing room. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for the weird shit. Right. And he just kind of hunkers down there until the last, until people like literally start dying, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Until he has his outburst, it's like, it's time to go! Um, and even then, that doesn't affect other people's decisions all that much. When he has that initial outburst, they're like, uh, nope, everything's fine and normal. We're going to go eat dinner now. He apologizes and sits back down and does exactly what they wanted him to do. It's not until he shuts shit down when the poison is in the wine. Spoilers. <laughs> that it changes. Yeah. Oh, man. So who was... Side note. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I guess we're going to kind of talk about it when we get to Pruitt, and we kind of briefly mention Claire. I was going to ask, who is the first person to die in this film? Are we going, technically, is it Claire? I think so. Okay. I think it's Claire. I don't know where Choi was. I'm confused about that. Yeah, he went to work. I, I kind like of that was... wasn't well established for me. Yeah, like the fact that he turned back up, I was like, have they had him? Is he like been assimilated somehow? Is yeah. he now a part he of brainwashed? The mob? Yeah, what yeah. Happened? I was like, I don't. Or did he actually just flake that badly? Because if so, it's a lot of story and this big turning moment for this character to be hanging on a coincidence. Who the fuck knows? Um, I didn't feel like he was the bad guy, but uh, Megan, is this you? Is Eden really one of our antagonists? Yeah, and that's not as much as a question for me as when I was, after I'd made the outline and I was doing a little bit of digging into seeing kind of like what other people thought of this film and kind of like what are the reviews, Mm -hmm. I guess, more so on it. Because like I really enjoyed it. And so I was like, what do other people think about this film? Mm -hmm. And I was doing a lot of trolling like in some of the like horror groups that I met on Facebook. Mm -hmm like searching for it. And a lot of people, there was a a lot of conversation on people thinking that Eden was not the antagonist of this film. And I'm like, I did not come to this conclusion, but maybe Mary and Mary Kay will be smarter than me and they will have a good reason. Um, I think that we are meant to question that based on the scene with her and David. Yeah. Yeah. She's struggling with what they're doing and he's the one really pushing it and, and, and urging her. Especially because we know, we have so much more like context for how she got to this vulnerable yeah. place. I feel like she is quote unquote not the antagonist the same way that members of the Manson family were quote yeah. unquote not the antagonist. You're still doing it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if you're uncomfortable and you don't like it, you're still making the choice to do this. Yeah, and I think also, like, for me as a viewer, because, again, I put myself immediately in the shoes of Kira. She's the antagonist. Because even if there's no culty shit going on here. That's the XY. She's trying to get it back in. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And no. And, and yeah, I don't want to no. be subjected to you trying which is basically what she watches the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Eden. I have a friend named Eden. She is not evil. Yikes. Does she wear ball gowns and order dinner from Whole Foods and join Colts? <laughs> no, she uh, is married to my friend James. I actually emceed their reception. And they are lovely, and they have a beautiful little boy named Blaze, and they recently adopted a little girl who's like eight, nine, and they're fantastic. Okay, well, you watch out for them inviting you to dinner parties. I'm less worried you because be they're... You be safe, Mary. I'm less concerned because he is ambiguously brown and that one of his parents is adopted, so they're really not sure, but they always say they're Cuban just because their last name is Kleindienst and they basically think that like it's likely based on where their dad's from and also confuses people okay, and they look, kind of I'm just that. telling you to be safe is all and just, she's Filipina so I don't think they're gonna murder me I trust mean, no one like, Mary well like Kimmy Schmidt says white dudes hold the record for creepy crimes but other ethnicities can get in there too this yeah. is 2019 like we're we can do anything we're making strides yeah. <laughs> racism was over since Obama so now we can murder whoever we want yeah I will say, though, here's something that I've been noticing as I have been fascinated with true crime is, like, typically uh, there's a type, and usually people kill within their own ethnic group. So, really, the safest ethnicity you can be is ambiguous. Because people just aren't sure. They don't want to fuck that shit up. Right. It's like, they don't look that much like me. I don't know. Ah, nah. Next. It makes me wonder about all these dudes at bars who have ever been like, hey, you Puerto Rican? Italian? Dominican? Brazilian? And they just keep going? Like, are they just trying to tick off until they get to the one that, like, okay, good. Come with me, then. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't engage like, take, with those gonna... guys anymore. I just immediately try to do, the like, one of those conversation stopper things where it's like, why do you think humans don't eat our young? Remember, like, you told me a long time ago? I'm just trying yeah, to get yeah. out of it, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I like to engage that one because the more they ask, the more uncomfortable they get. Because at a certain point, if they've listed... They're running out of options. They've listed five or ten things, and now they're like, why am I still asking? Why do I care enough to keep asking? Oh, no. Because you can tell if someone's asking because they hope that you're like them. Right. That's different. Because if someone... If a Dominican guy is like, oh, are you Dominican? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, man. But that's Mm -hmm. it. Like, he's done now. Like, he was just hoping... That's because he wants to murder you. He was hoping that... Maybe. Or he was hoping that we had that in common for other, like, normal Or he wanted to murder you. That's what I, I already made this joke like several this minutes ago. This is a horror podcast, Mary. Stay on topic. I know. That's why I made this joke several minutes ago. <laughs> I know that. But then you're derailing, so I'm trying to segue you back. So about Pruitt, guys. I'm not even going to try okay, to segue. So here's so, my thing. So Mary Kay is texting us while she watches this movie. And she's like, oh, good. John Carroll Lynch is here. And then I watched the movie, and as soon as he walked in, I was like, ah, no, murder is happening. Ah, scary man. Yeah, because I love him. He's so good. 
He's, I just, I believe him. Like, whenever, whatever role he's in, I'm like, yes, you are that person. I yeah, just think I he's just, such a good actor. The text you actually sent did not sound like you were like, oh, good, the murderer arrived. The, <laughs> the text you sent sounded like you were like, oh, don't worry, well, I'll be okay now. And he I was has like, a really bitch, good... no. The second he walked on screen, both Audra and I went like, oh, fuck no. Oh, what the, f- no, <laughs> no. I loved him. He has such a good way, like, as an actor, John Carroll Lynch has... I don't know what kind of gift he has where he can just turn the light off behind his eyes. Mm-hmm. It's something fascinating to me. Where is it's it a just gift? Like, or is it a gift well, he has made? Well, because he's an actor, yeah. Is it a gift he has made to a dark oh, entity? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's a skill. I didn't mean, like, a gift. I meant no, no. Skill. I mean, is it a gift he has made to a dark entity? Like, there nah. is a portrait of him with, like, only eyeballs somewhere in a closet aging. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even understand what's happening. In Portrait of Dorian Gray. This episode. Do you want me to explain the joke? <laughs> I know you love it when I do that. No, I understand the episode or the. I, I get the joke. I know. I was it's just fucking around. Yep. Yeah, I'm explaining you explaining the joke. Thank you. Come here and stop. Lying. Um. No, I was. I well, I was relieved that the caliber of the movie was going to be good when he showed up. And also, why is he holding that gun like that? Like real weird, short armed upright i wish i had an answer i don't i i think it was really good character building he looked like almost uncomfortable but overconfident yes i thought that was really i feel like is him yeah in this film yeah what you wrote was oh thank god john carroll lynch is here maybe this is gonna be okay after all i meant the movie is gonna be good not like the situation is gonna be okay obviously with a title like the invitation nobody's getting out alive that sounds like it could be about a beginning not let you know that it wasn't going to be okay yeah just like the first 10 moments okay yeah that's why i was saying this movie is gonna be okay i just use i didn't have an antecedent for my pronoun sorry okay no worries. I was in a hurry because I was trying to watch the movie without pausing it. Yeah, no, he's a tremendous actor. Just like his, the second he came on screen, I was like, oh, God. Well, he has such an imposing presence. Yeah. Like, you knew very early on in this movie that shit was not right. Yeah. But the second he started telling us this story about him killing his wife was when I was like, oh, so it's this level of fucked up. Got it. Thanks for clarifying. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, Pruitt. Way to be. So you put this in the outline that that's when you knew shit was real fucked up. And I was like, Megan likes to give me shit about how in some sort of apocalyptic or horror <laughs> situation, I would die. And I just said, the second John Pruitt, uh, John, uh, John Carroll Lynch walked on screen, I was like, dear God, no. Oh, my God, my period. And I would have left. No. <laughs> and if the invitation came in the mail, I would have said, Oh, no, thank you. And there wouldn't have been a movie. And if for some reason I was down enough to go, the second I hit a coyote on the way there, I would have been like, we're just not now going to Now we have an continue. excuse. Yeah, so we're going home now. So, you know, I feel like strength versus weakness is always a pretty subjective thing. If I, if I had been the one to hit the coyote, I would have been the one with the tire iron, and it would have sucked, and I would have hated it. And it, yes, I would have had, like, probably nightmares or whatever about it, but I would have done it. And I could have done it. And then washed up and gone to a party. Nope, not me. So, when I got to the party and that dude walked in, I would have been like, oh no, my period, like on 30 Rock, and legit left. Just left. I would not have needed to hear about the wife murdering to be like, I, no, no. 
No, but the party went from just being weird and uncomfortable to being like dire. Yeah, to being like I'm going to die yeah. real quick. Yeah. And it that was when the party went from Winnie the Pooh to murder. <laughs> It went from being an orgy to a death cult. Yes, that's there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It went from, yeah, maybe there's going to be a really weird, uncomfortable orgy here. I mean, really, with... if it wasn't for the score, I would have been like, is this a porn? What are we... <laughs> Just needed like, a... some slow jazz in the background. If this is a porn. Why is Michael Wiesman still wearing his clothes? I hate it. Bad porn. I did like, though, that because he wore hippie clothes, you get to see all his back muscles mm-hmm. whenever he was stabbing that guy. Look at you finding the silver lining in <laughs> That it's was the most solid burn that I have ever enjoyed <laughs> in my life. Megan. Yes. That's why we're friends. <laughs> Megan, it's always there if you believe. Like Whitney and Mariah <sighs> told us to do. There can okay, be miracles, gosh. like back muscles. Okay. If you believe. If so you believe. the ending. Okay, uh, the ending. but what did Pruitt say to Claire? When he stopped her ass outside. I think he said it with a gun. Like, I don't think he said much of anything. I think he just killed her. Okay, that's fair. I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mary? What do you think, Megan? I think he was I, like... I have no idea. He was like, um, oh no, I'm so hungry. Do you have a power bar? And then when she went to look at her purse, he stopped her. So basically the movie goes from orgy to... Death cult, real quick. It goes real from like fucking beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, meticulous camera shots to just like chaos, but not shaky cam chaos. Just like all of a sudden switches. There's a whole bunch of fast paced murder. Can I tell you an anecdote real quick about this yes. fast paced murder? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Mary uh, features as a character in this. <gasps> And if you don't like this, because this is an AmeriCorps story and it does have your ex in it, we can cut it out. But I just, as I was watching this, I don't think you guys were dating yet. I think it was before that. Mm -hmm. Um, This was like eight years ago. And we, Mary and I did an AmeriCorps term together, listeners. And we normally, on Fridays, went to volunteer at other 501c3s in the Atlanta area. Which was fun for us because then we got to go like out to eat in Atlanta for lunch if we wanted to, if we could afford it, which we couldn't, but we did anyway. Um, and this one time we went to, uh, and I guess you'd call it an intentional community. Oh my God. Called Serenby, which if you are not from Atlanta, you may have seen on the show Atlanta when they go to the, fo- the f- uh, farmer's market. Um, it is what it sounds like. Um, they have a good theater program, and it is very strange. It is a very weird, affluent, at the time, mostly white area. And so in, uh, what would you call it? Like, on a grayscale, I get off the bus, then Mary then our friend Jean, who's a little bit darker, and then Brandon, who is the darkest of all. And all of us are standing there in spectrum. And Brandon goes, where are the black people? Do you remember this? There was no I one. I do. Nope. Children cried when they saw him. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a real thing that happened. Do you remember this happening? He was like, why is this baby crying when it sees me? <laughs> it's like, 
Also, I feel like that's kind <laughs> of a default state, maybe. Like, he's he's been through it, man. He is a dark-skinned black man. He had long locks for so much of his adulthood. Like, his... He's he's been through that shit. He is like primed for it. Talk about thinking like prey. You're not wrong. And I do remember they made food for us because we were doing like some shit that we should not have been doing as volunteers. Like they should have taken like a backhoe through that area, like swampy area that they made us clear without yeah. telling us we needed gloves or pants. And yeah, yeah. Um, then they made it. They get. They brought us like muffins and Kool Aid. And he was Don't the one who was it. like, do not eat that. Do not drink that. And that's how, <laughs> and I conjured him at this dinner party when I was like, do not drink that wine. Do not drink that expensive wine. Do not eat that red velvet cake. Do not eat that red velvet cake. Like, get the fuck out. Anyway, we can cut that part. But I just wanted no. you to know that I conjured it. Like, that is the exact experience that, that my brain brought to me as I was watching this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Eden is very much a Saren B person, as I remember it. I don't know if the community's changed much since then, but... Like, not even, like, ill-intentioned, but just, like, totally oblivious. Yeah. So that it seems suspiciously oblivious. Oblivious oblivious to a degree that it is still not not an assumptively safe place. Look, yeah, I don't have anything against white people. Like, some of my best friends are white. I know. Your boyfriend is white. My boyfriend is white. So, I just remember I being it's there. the weirdest thing I about just, you. I, f- <laughs> I feel like, no, anytime you go, to, you go somewhere and everybody looks too much alike, it's unnerving, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fair. So, anyway, we can cut that tangent. It definitely was a tangent, but I just wanted to say, like, I was waiting for that shit to go down at the end. Yeah. Where he smashes everybody's wine glass out of their hand. Oh, my God. But, so, basically, everybody fucking dies, except <laughs> for yeah. Will, Kira, um, what's the, it's not, Tommy, not Miguel, Tommy, mm-hmm. and then Tommy goes, they all escape, and they get out of the house, and they get out of the house because Eden has shot herself, and she wants to be carried outside by Will, so and he then takes he her outside, it. Which I would not have. No. I would not. But again, I would have left this party eons ago. Right, right, right. We just have to suspend our disbelief. Yes. But also, if there's there's anyone, if there's any moment that, like, after everything she's done, if there's any way for her to actually get the peace that she wanted by doing all of this, it's that that there's only one other person in the world that could possibly get close to understanding or be kind enough about this to do it. It's got to be him, right? Yeah. Not here for this. He's the but only anyway. other person who knows how much she's hurting or why she's hurting. Yes. And then, so, he they carry her outside, and then Tommy's like, well, obviously I've got to go back in for my significant other's dead body. Peace out. And they turn Which around. Which I respect. I do. But then they hear sirens and helicopters, and it's they notice this glowing red light near them, and they look around into the hills of surrounding Los Angeles suburbs and realize that there's a bunch of other red lights and they're screaming and this cult has taken over and the purge is happening and everyone's about to fucking die. So you think they escape and they didn't. It's just started. Or did it feel unfinished? 
I thought that turn was good. Like I said earlier, it was, it was the, the turn from death love to death murder that I didn't that I didn't make as well. That was a great reveal. I was like, oh, this makes sense from everything you've shown us so far. This is an affluent community. These are all people that have had the means to then go deal with their grief by hunting down. And this is also a community that's likely to go hunting down. Some kind of meditative, like, you know, holistic solution. Yeah, that's fair. And I just was surprised. I was like, yeah, but how did you make the jump from dying peacefully is going to feel a lot better than suffering for the rest of your life to murder your friends with knives. I didn't think that the ending was a twist because that's how cults work. They indoctrinate everybody. And then once everybody is involved, then they bring the curtains down. Yeah. I don't know if twist was the right word. I think I just meant like, you think that these like people a resolution. survived and you're like, yes, the movie is ended. And they're like, there is no nice conclusion. There is no bow. Have a cliffhanger, bitches. Enjoy the film. Well, well I, think I it's felt a, like it I was a lay low a... moment. Like, lay yeah. low until the morning. And then call the police. Yeah, that's probably... Yeah, yeah, I don't know about a twist, but it was definitely a reveal. And it was a solid yeah, one. Yeah, as a resolution, I liked it. Yeah. That's probably a better word than twist. Yeah. 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 I just did... Like I said, I just... The, the jump for me was like, if you're going to kill them no matter what they do why did you spend all of that time trying to make them happy maybe about they were hoping that they maybe they weren't intending maybe they were trying to weed people out maybe they're like maybe they'll join us because these people are all grieving something and if they don't we're just going to kill them i thought so too they were trying to indoctrinate more people to be like on the killing yeah. side and if you weren't yeah then but they are gonna have to eat some cake and die yeah, and I, again, that might have been like an intuitive leap that I wanted to make because I liked the storytelling. And I did, so, I did so. too. I did too. That's why I was so surprised because I was like, oh, so I, I felt like this was all headed towards like so. What we saw in the movie, like what we were set up for, was the idea that in this community, the ritual is a person chooses to die, and then everyone surrounds them and participates in the ritual. And I was like, oh, so they're targeting Will. They think that because Will is vulnerable and he is suffering. If they can push him far enough, he will offer himself up. And then everyone will sit around and watch him die. But then because everyone will be implicated that they watched him die, everyone will have to keep the secret. Right. Or that if he won't do it, Eden's going to say, if you don't do it, I will. Mm -hmm. Which again implicates or doubly implicates everyone that they're going to have to sit there and watch it. Or they report her and maybe they'll have some kind of mechanism for making it seem like they are responsible if they leave yeah um and that's kind of what i was expecting and when it went this direction instead i was like well, then why didn't you just poison everybody the second the movie was done when everyone was like that was weird as shit why weren't you like look look just drink some it's water. our thing I think it's our thing it's not for everybody because then it is peaceful but it doesn't seem like they actually give that much of a shit about it. Like, if they would just kill you anyway, then how much Maybe is the Maybe you only get the peaceful death if you were on board with the cult. If I you're not, so, fucking yeah. die with a knife in the side of your head. Yeah, but, there's some parts that could have been fleshed out, but I feel like if if anybody had said it, I would have been like, Ugh. You're doing too much. Yeah. You're, you're spelling it out Yeah, but much, nobody yeah. nobody said any of the previous stuff. They did a, The storytelling is really excellent. 
And that's why that turn was hard for me. It was that I was like, oh, I was really built mm-hmm. really beautifully to this yeah. point. And then, oh, no, I got jarred. I so definitely I did definitely... think that the sex part was going to come back in. Yeah. yeah. But it yeah. didn't. Which I was so, okay with. I'm okay. I was, I was gonna say, I'm fine with, with that, that anyway. But I don't know why it was there to begin with. Also, right. can we talk? Can I just say real quick mm-hmm. that I thought because Susie Sadie, sorry, was sitting on the couch about to die, yeah, with a fire poker in her hand, I think. I thought he was going to take that and mercy and kill, kill her, and I am yeah. so like glad that he did it. He just let her fucking suffer, yeah, and I hated same. her. I, I thought he was going to tie back into the coyote in the beginning. And I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. And then he did it. Well, that's why it was such like a good red herring, right? Is mm-hmm. like, cause we all, I think all three of us expected that to happen. And then he was like, I am just going to take this away from you so that you can't kill me when my back is turned. Yeah. And goodbye. And goodbye forever. And good luck with trying to survive this mortal wound. Yeah. I didn't actually expect him to kill her. I mean, or even if I did, I think my motive, my thinking was that he, his motivation was more at that point because he was so survival focused that if he killed her, it wasn't because it would be kind. It would be because then she's definitely not going to kill him. Yeah. She can't recuperate somehow. She can't pass the poker off to somebody like she's just eliminated as an issue. He, he's, he was a very. Well, he's going to let her have her peaceful death that she fucking wanted. Well, that's what the coyote set this up for, right? Is that this is a man of efficiency. This is a man yeah. who does what needs to be done. And what needed to be done in that moment, with the bare like the, the thing that needed to happen, was for him to get out alive. And he yeah. didn't have to kill her to do that. He just needed to take the weapon away. All right. Well, we picked a different closer. Because my original closer was, hypothetically speaking, because obviously none of our asses are dumb enough to have gone to this fucking party in the first place. At what point would we have left the party? But then... We came up with another one, and I forgot well, what it was. I feel like I, we've already said, like, none of us would have actually gone, but Absolutely. I would have left when Claire left. Yeah, same. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, no one would have invited me to the party because I'm going to die alone. <laughs> and no That's one invites, true. No one invites me to parties. Mary, you were at the last party that I was at, and we don't even live in the same state. <laughs> yeah, but... I wasn't wanted, and I was poisoned, just like this one. Whatever. <laughs> I did get stood up. That sucked. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, no, I'm just going to die alone, not at a party. What would we wear if we were invited to, to your our significant other's ex-wife's yeah. party? Dinner party. Yes. Oh, my God. I am my husband's wife. Obviously, you just found out. So your ex's dinner. I'm attending my own party, Mary. No, your ex's dinner party. So your ex is now. So you're not going to his fucking dinner. party. Your significant other's ex's dinner party. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So Andrew's ex is now married. You're at their dinner party. Got it. What would I wear? Again, Selena costume. Pretend I thought it was a Halloween party. I stand by it with a really, really cute. Sexy, but not trying too hard sexy. Little black dress with yep. a red lip. 
little black dress with a red lip and yep. really high heels. See, I don't know if I would do really high heels. I think it's really telling of us, too, that we're like, you know what's not trying too hard? Little black dress, pretty sexy red lip. That's we not trying to... too hard. You have, like, that's why, like, I'm not saying, like, you're not going to, like, do my hair up. I'm going to leave it just the right amount of disheveled. Yep. Not going to do a bunch of other face makeup. Simple wing on the, oh, no, like, this, bottom liner. this is just something I put on when I don't care what I look like. Yeah, because it doesn't have to match. It's one piece. <laughs> and it's that's not what like I'm I've got to match tops and bottoms. It's just, like, and that's what I'm a saying. little, a black bodycon. Our preferred self-presentation is already pretty fucking dramatic. Let's be honest with you. that's the joke. <laughs> I'm just going to throw on a black bodycon, swipe on a red lip, a good blue-red. And of then course. Red. We're not yeah. monsters here. Blue-red, of course. Um, actually, I rock an orange-red when I want to, but no, well, not usually. My usual red like is a very true. in the middle of the summer when I've just whitened my teeth. Not if also, I'm going to be drinking red wine. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, but it's not dinner party red. Dinner party red is a blue red for me. Mm-hmm. I like a really neutral true because the blue, uh, because I'm so yellow, has a tendency to make me look vampirish. That's fair. Yeah, I wouldn't go vampirish because that that ox blood, whatever color, is on trend right now. Mm-hmm. So just like f bomb. Yep. Well, you know that's my preferred. Red. Mary Kay and oh, I found F-bomb. out accident. We are all on the F-bomb train here. <laughs> yeah, Mary Kay and I, and I found out accidentally. Like, she was like, oh, my God, what are you wearing? And I was like, oh, it's F-bomb. But I, what I There's did. There's always a tube of F-bomb in my purse. I go on. Listeners, um, this is a lipstick title. It's Urban Decay F-bomb. It never comes off. It looks good on everyone. It is the truest. It's the perfect red. shade. It is so the, tra- the issue traveling with- sisterhood of the traveling pants of red lipstick. So here's the thing, though. When they bitch about, like, why does your lipstick stay out and mine doesn't? It's because I go on eBay. They used to make um, these the Revolution formulation. So they had like Matte Revolution and like Satin Revolution. And I buy the Matte Revolution because they discontinued it on eBay. So it's the same color, but slightly more matte finish. I am yeah, I can't obsessed. wear matte. It dries me out. I have really this dry one, skin. Me too, but I'm this one doesn't. I put on one, matte and then I put on a coat of chapstick. Oh, I do this underneath one, and over, and it still comes. This doesn't. This oh, doesn't, I can't do it under; it gets chunky. Look, I have my lips peel off like this. Sl- it, it's a truly a horrifying situation. But <laughs> um, Mary's part lizard confirmed. Yep, now we know. So, um, but this one is not is not very drying. It's not like that. It doesn't have that effect on me. You've worn it. You've worn my tube because we did a trade one day You've where I tried worn on my tube. Yeah, but yeah, we did a trade one day where she used the matte version and I used the what are the new one? Oh, Vice, the Vice formulation. Mm-hmm. And we confirmed that the color is the same, just that little extra bit of shine does make it present a little bit differently. But I don't remember it bothering your lips at the time. Like it, it, it wears really comfortably. Okay. And All also, right, we'll link this in the show notes. Just Here's put lanolin just, on horror movies and lipstick. Just put lanolin on your lips overnight, everybody. You'll be fine, babies. It's very on brand for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, I have nothing left to say about Colt and stupid exes. I liked this else? movie though. This was a good pick. It was a I good en- movie. I, liked I enjoyed it. watching it a lot. We had a good time. We ate all the popcorn. We my coworker a- recommended it to us. So thanks, Anais. Good pick. Thanks, Anais. I asked my friend the other day. I was like, "Have you seen this movie?" And he was like, "I've seen that movie four times." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Let's talk about it then." Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, apparently it's pretty popular, so. Yeah. And, and it's on Netflix, so that's sorts. a plus. I just had a gasp because I realized that 
I'm about to talk about what we're doing next. You are. Yeah. But I have Tell an ex, I have an amazing guest and I should invite her. And okay, anyway, so because up next is one of my new all-time favorite horror movies. Um, it is Korean. It is epic. You will have feelings, probably too many feelings. You will probably scream or shout at some point at the screen, at your friend, who even knows. But you will get real worked up about something while you are watching Train to Busan. It has been on our list of to watch forever. And we are very, very excited to be discussing um, all of these mega hot dads with you. Before you go, subscribe to us. Do it. Tell two friends. Or we're going to invite you to a dinner party and feed you poisoned cake. And you're not even going to get the good wine. You're going to get cheap wine. <laughs> That's all we can afford. Box wine dinner party. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>